Alrighty. All right. Welcome to episode 15. Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> Current player. Current? True story. True story? Yeah. He's number 15, huh? Number 15. Oh, good for him. Yeah. He's going to share it If with I'm messing any of these up, somebody please <laughs> email. And yes, please do that. <laughs> He's put, been naming all of our down. episodes after Red Sox baseball players' numbers, so. This is what we have to deal with every week. I think of a number. You know, like, you know how it is growing up, and if you follow sports or something like that, you're always going to remember certain numbers. Look, no one can. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Anyway, this is episode 15. The date today is October 6th, 2009. Yes. Uh, My name is Ira Malkin. My name is Brian McLennan. All right. Do your own introduction. That's fine. There we go. (laughs) Our very special guest today, two Atlanta Blues legends, Doug Jones, a.k.a. Little Brother. Or is it Little Brother, a.k.a. Doug Jones? Either way. Either way? Yeah, either way. <laughs> uh, and he brought along... We got a two-for-one tonight, Brian. Yeah, I know. That's what we, I heard. We booked Doug, and then he called me earlier and said, well, I'm bringing a special guest. And I said, great. And uh, we have none other than Tony Bryant. Say hello. Glad to be here. How's everybody doing? All right. We're doing all right. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being our... This is our first special guest. That's true. I mean, right? This is yeah. our first special guest. All the other guests were just guests. We're just guests. They were special in their own right. Oh, wow. <laughs> but this is our first. These guys are starting to realize what, how the show was going to be. I know, right? <laughs> pay, no, pay no attention to us. That's right. Um, so anyway, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of Georgia music history to get into. Uh, yeah, it's great because we've had a few different blues artists now on here, kind of all, that all sort of roam through Northside Tavern right. at one point or another. Well, we all hang and in the same circles. And it's uh, it's cool to hear everybody's sort of take on Northside and then just their take on the blues scene. Obviously, Danny Mudcat was um, yeah. oh, a yeah. wealth of knowledge. So uh, Doug has a new CD out. It's called uh, Atlanta Rag. So we're going to hear some music from that, I think, hopefully. Yeah, yeah I'd like to do a tune off of that. And uh, how can people check that out, by the way? Um, well, I've got it for sale. It's uh, The title of the CD is Atlanta Rag. Yeah. And um, I've got that uh, at my site. At littlebrotherblues.com, but also CD Baby, okay. iTunes, if you just want to grab a oh, single. Oh, it's on iTunes, too? Yeah, if you just oh, want to cool. grab a single tune. You can grab a single tune off a of CD Baby also. Right. Nah, don't do that. Get the whole thing. Yeah, get the whole, the whole album. Thing. We labor. Gotta push the whole album. Yeah, right. There's no filler on this one. It's right. We work in labor to structure these songs in a certain way for a certain yeah. reason. We're, don't you? I mean, don't you <laughs> agonize over that? Oh, you do. You do. Oh, my right. God. Ira and I got into knockdown dragouts. <laughs> Except the only song we could agree on was that one of our songs we always knew was the the best number two song. <laughs> Everything else. This one has got to be number uh, two. I don't know. This one's yeah. just so not. Yeah. So. And even number one was changed around within the last, like right before pressing. Right before pressing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. So anyway, what we're saying is go buy the whole CD. Yeah, and uh, they can that. obviously buy it live when they, uh, or when you come, when they come see you live, right? Yep. Buy it from the stage and I get all the money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, true. That's the best way. That's right. Then you get the, you d- the, hopefully the door for them paying to come out and see you. And you <laughs> right. get, maybe right. they buy a t-shirt. Do you <laughs> Maybe they mo- buy you a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, uh, is this mostly original stuff or a lot of, uh, you know, standards, covers? Yep. This was all original compositions, cool. either instrumentals or songs. And uh, something real special about it is that it's... Um, it's on CMB Records, which is a record label that Tony huh. has started. And oh, really? It's, um, 
uh, for blues and, and roots music, so I'm real proud to, to be a part of that. So. Awesome. Are you the flagship musician, or is there other? Uh... Uh, there are others in the works, and Tony's got a CD out, and he also was able to get on Art Rosenbaum uh, work, Art of Field Recording, and got a Grammy Award for that. Wow. So. Oh, wow. So this is our second Grammy Award winner. <laughs> How about that? Yep. I bring When I bring guests, I bring special. Nah, you, he did say special. He did say special. <laughs> wow, say how special. was that? Um, it's great. Yeah? You yeah. got to love it. That's right. <laughs> you got to love it. Shining up, going home and shining up a Grammy on Were, the mantle. Yeah, right? Were you? Um, did you know that that was something that was... Gonna coming happen. around or going to happen? Did you have any idea you might be in up for I something no, like that? I had no idea. Wow. It just happened. Now, did really? you get invited to the awards show? No, actually, I didn't get invited. I knew about it, but there was no way I could make it there. So, oh, Right. I'm just glad to know that it won a Grammy. So yeah, that, that's yeah. great. It made me feel good. So how does that <laughs> look sitting in the... Uh, where do you have that? Actually, I haven't received it yet. Oh. oh. Yeah. We're still waiting on it. It's supposed to come. They to give me. you like a cardboard card. All right, Grant. Just take this temporary yeah, one. Yeah, take this temporary one. Yeah, we'll send you the real one later, but it'll be coming soon. Give you like a mirror, right? You know, one of those swivel mirrors, like here, uh, glued it in place. <laughs> um, do you, yeah. Well, we're the Grammy people. Get it. Get get going here. Yeah, they got, Grammy they got, people. They got a lot out to there. give out. They got a this guy's forged that one gold. Yeah. This is a major award. <laughs> That's um, cool. Do you have a place that you're going to put it? Are you thinking about that? I um, haven't decided yet. I haven't quite decided. But I have a place I want to put it also. I have a real good place I want to put it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, so he keeps dusting that area every day. That area is waiting on it. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Well, put this picture frame up on the mantle. That's my <laughs> Grammy spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Put your drink over there. <laughs> That's right. I got a Grammy coming for that spot. And use a coaster. I right. saw it was nice and clean. I thought I'd put something down. Um, now, before you play a tune for us, I was just going to ask you, obviously, this is traditional blues music, and mm-hmm. is that the way you would describe it, or would you go into some other genres to, to describe it? I, I, would, I would probably say that this is, is something that a lot of the old bluesmen would play, but it's probably... Pushes a little bit more into the ragtime okay. oh. uh, music, uh, but the old bluesmen they played all different styles, and so they, but they always you know sort of came back to the blues. So, right. So, but the blues itself has a very particular sound. Yeah. And uh, but uh, but it's definitely uh, and this uh, the song is inspired by blind. If you listen to Blind Willie Mattel and Georgia Rag, and you've probably heard Bill Sheffield. Uh, perform that tune live or yeah. on a CD, and uh, and that and I think that's what I had in mind when I wrote this. It, it sort of came out in about thirty minutes, and I won't be able to perform the whole tune. It's a little too long, but right. um, I just tried to include as many people as I could remember <laughs> that I'd see around the blues scene. You know, like oh, cool, Mr. Frank. Um, think about Mr. Frank sitting at the bar, right? And Grady Fats. That's uh, Jackson, Mr. Frank Edwards, Mr. by the way. Frank Edwards. Yeah. And uh, Grady Fats Jackson, a great saxophone player, singer, yeah. jump blues artist. Also and, on the wall. Yeah. Everybody we're talking about is on the wall. They're all on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a real, you know, I don't think of myself exactly as a blues man in that sense. I, I really, you don't? No, I, I think of myself sort of as a student of the blues and somebody who's trying to carry the music on the best I can. But I really think that with, for those people, it came from their life. So. Right. Yeah. So there's a difference between like the real bluesman who lived the life and and 
yeah, it sort there, of came out through them. Well, there's, there's blues music, there's right. blues performance, and then there's the life that yeah. generated the blues. So, yeah, I that's think, interesting. And that's what I'm really hoping Tony will talk a little bit about. Uh, we'll oh, we'll get him get talking, don't worry. So, yeah. And it, do you also consider it regional? You know, as far as it, a certain, to a certain the, extent, the type of stuff that you're playing, is it to southeast? A but I think that's over over uh, categorized because I believe that the bluesmen and women traveled throughout the South in different seasons, and I believe that it's a lot more complicated than just saying. Um, but I can say that Atlanta is one of the places that is central to the blues, and I think that's underplayed uh, in history because it was central to not only the blues performances but also the recording industry that's so. true because yeah, you hear about i mean and me being somebody who's not mm-hmm. a, a student of the blues and doesn't know and shame a lot of <laughs> and shame <laughs> on me <laughs> um you know you hear a lot of, a lot about like mississippi you hear a lot about chicago you hear a lot about but you don't hear a delta. lot yeah the delta you don't hear really so much well people that Atlanta. are into this music i guess do yeah and that's what I'm saying. So as right. somebody who, you know, kind of what your point is, you know, to sticking to your point, it, well, you have it maybe is underplayed a little bit. It's a music that comes from African Americans and black life. And if you, and it comes from workers, people who have a hard life. They work hard and, and have, and that there's a lot of labor forces. So if you just think about it, Mississippi Delta is a natural place for yeah. that to, right. to uh, have the most numbers. But right. as far as just complex styles of blues and things, I think Atlanta is probably uh, a gold mine. Right. When that comes and the you guy. Think they're, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the guy that's probably the most known uh, for Atlanta blues is Blind Willie McTell. Certainly in today's history, it may not have been the way it was looked at exactly that way yeah. back then. But uh, it. In history, when you look back, some of the artists are recorded more. They bubble to the top. But right. I think Curly Weaver is probably regarded as one of the greatest right. bluesmen in Georgia at the time. But, I, but I'd say for people that aren't really in the blues scene that, that live here and that may even be listening to this right now, uh, Blind Willie's, the, you know, the blue, probably Atlanta's most famous blues club. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously named after Blind Willie McTell for, for and, that uh, reason. So many great artists have taken his songs and turned them into popular music and right. things like that. So, do yeah. you think he would be somebody if you listen to uh, him and his style? Do you think he'd be somebody you would maybe equate with, like if there was an Atlanta sound for the blues? You know, probably in the diversity, okay, and the unique. Uh, Flavor, but the big thing about Atlanta Blues, I think, was Blind Willie McTell and Curly Weaver coming together almost like a super group of the early 30s and the Georgia Browns. And if you listen to those styles of music, they sound like a Georgia house party, right. a real good time. And hmm. and I think what you hear of that is a very smooth and slightly unique style, a little bit more of the city, but a lot of the country is hmm. sort of a blend of the country and the yeah. city. that's cool. And that comes forward into Southern Rock and every other style. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. That is cool. It's very much still with us, with the Georgia sound. Right. Ray Charles, think about how he mixes gospel and blues. Exactly. Country. Soul. Uh Uh-huh. And and think about the scene right now in Atlanta, how diverse it is. Yeah. So that gives you an idea. I think you're looking at the same thing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I guess you get any major city, you're going to get a blend of so many different sounds in it. But it's cool that we have the history down here, too. Yeah. yeah. We've got it. We just need to dig into it a little more and enjoy it a little more. Well, you're doing a good job uh, doing that for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, let's uh, let's hear what that sounds like. Okay. Then. Well, this song is called Atlanta Rag, and uh, I'll try to throw. Uh, this is an old uh, 1939 12-string guitar, just like the one shown in a photo with Blind Willie McTell. Wow. And they're tuned a little lower, and uh, so I'll try And I'll to have to say for our audience, too, I mean, maybe we'll get some pictures as well, but it's in, like, immaculate condition. <laughs> it yeah, looks, it looks phenomenal. looks like it could be hanging on the wall at Guitar Center. It's, <laughs> well, actually, Neil Hart discovered this guitar. He's a famous uh, historian, and it's one of the greatest finds of his career. And I caught him in a time where he needed some money. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea. That's how it always happens. <laughs> I had no idea what I had scored. And oh, so, you didn't? No. And somebody, you just thought it was a regular old 12 well, string? And- I started selling on eBay recently, and somebody emailed me. He emailed me with the whole story oh. and said, please take it off eBay. And so he didn't tell you the story when you bought it from him? No, but he said, you know, <laughs> he sell wanted it, to get a lower price. Sell it in a few more years and put one of your kids through college or something. So, <laughs> yeah, right. so I pulled it off eBay pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just and, out of curiosity, how much did you have it up there for? A couple of grand. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could have got it. <laughs> wow. That happens. Yeah, those kids gonna and have it's a... funny because you think that those kinds of things would only happen to somebody who maybe it got left to them in the family. They would have no idea what the value is. So even somebody as knowledgeable as yourself can still. They'll slip by you. Just let yeah. them slip through. Mm-hmm. So, cool. You kids be careful out there. Do you have anything special for us over there? What are you playing? No, on? He's, he's oh, you're not playing this song? Yeah, Tony's okay. going to sit out. This will just be uh, Doug playing this one. Yeah, and I want to get Tony playing a few minutes. We will. Get some of that bottleneck slide. All right. Cool. Yeah. But here you go. A little Atlanta rag. Police, 
didn't treat us too swell Had to pawn your dobro to go his bell All right All that lovely Atlanta ride Yeah, yeah I said way down home On those Georgia streets I roam That ride, that lovely ride What do you have? Catch the brave, swing the bat. Eddie Tigner, he began to play. So I stopped by the chicken shack on the way. And Felix was swinging with the boys. And Paul and Sean was making some noise. Matt Sickle, he's a man. Playing that bass on the big old can. All right. Y'all know what I'm talking about, fellas. Yeah, we do. That good old Atlanta rag. I love it, man. Love it. That's cool. Bring back some. That's memories. really cool. Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> great tribute. That's so nice. You know, yeah, that is nice. That is. That's really yeah, great. I've heard some other. Have those guys? Uh, have any of those guys heard that? Yeah, most of them. I, I've sent everybody um, on the inside of CD. There's a photo montage, and I've got. I've sent to just about everybody I can think of. Really? You know, friends that are on there. Cool. That's Brian, awesome. You, you and I will be on the next CD. Yeah. <laughs> our, our own little Atlanta Rags verse doing that show. <laughs> I won't Believe be back me. there so soon, you know. <laughs> hey, if you come out to see me, I'll, I'll put a verse <laughs> in there for you. Now we got homework to do. <laughs> All right. All right. I well, like that. I like that. Yeah, that that was really cool, man. There's who else? Uh, there's been some other bands that we know of that uh, also wrote some Atlanta-based songs, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, yeah. I think the Breeze Kings had one. They have a song called uh, Decatur. Well, going they, to Decatur. Yeah, going to Decatur. I thought it was called Decatur, Decatur Woman. <laughs> so did I. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know Probably why. because I heard you say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you I'm written sure any Atlanta songs? Gotta have some stuff. No, I haven't written any Atlanta songs. No? No. Uh, well, you got some homework to do. Get inspired. Homework. Yeah. But that that one's great, though. Man. He's wrote some songs about Newton County and oh, Covington. Oh, yeah? And, yeah. Oh, all right. So what made you, uh, <laughs> what kind of got you started on that song? Um, you know, it's like most things? songs, no, I think uh, I got to thinking about things and it just yeah. sort of popped out. Yeah. I, I think what it was is Tony was writing a song that day and he had, was on a run and he had just written a, almost a song a day and I started thinking, you know, I'm getting pretty behind here. And, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, you know... Uh, I'm going to show him. I'm going to write a song in about 30 minutes. This guy's going to have so many words that it's going to. And sure enough, about 30 minutes later, I had a lot of words. Talk about writing what you know. You know, you just start thinking about all your friends and everybody you play with. It, it just, just writes itself. It just came out like a flood, and yeah. I ended up freestyling. Right. And the well, the best one, and for the people, because we do have some people who are not from Atlanta, who. Um, you know who, who wouldn't know some of those references, but I thought the the funniest one in there was the varsity. And you said, "What, what do, do you have?" have? Oh, yeah. And that's for people who don't know. When you go to the varsity, that's, that's you know, it's like an old, uh, kind of like an old fashioned yeah. diner drive in where you pull up and the waitresses mm-hmm. come out on. Do they come out on roller skates? Yeah, actually, back in the early days, when you grab a Model T up, they would come up and jump on the running board, ride to the parking spot, 
Oh, yeah? And get your order and run in, but that's what they always say. What do you have? <laughs> what do you have? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hanging off the side of the car. What do you have? And you got to know, too. You have <laughs> yeah. to know, right, when you get up there. Like, they don't want to oh, yeah. sit around and wait uh-uh. for you. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like the soup Nazi. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to know your order. It's, like yeah. a, it's a little taste of New York City, right? That's there. right, yeah. What do you have? Uh, Next. Next. <laughs> and if anybody comes to Fat Matt's, get those ribs, because I, I just that's had true. them recently. Oh, man. Yeah. We always eat Ooh. those before we play. It helps our fingers. Yeah. Know, <laughs> it does. Well, you and I are sharing a night at a, a rotating night at Fat Mats. You doing every mm-hmm. Sunday at Fat Mats every mm-hmm. third month? Yeah, every third. This November coming up, right? And, and, well, and I'm doing every Sunday at Fat Mats with Fatback Deluxe every <laughs> third month. So I think you precede us, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. we're there right now. Yeah, for October, or there are two behind you. Yeah, we're going True. in circles. <laughs> yeah, we are going as in usual. Circles. We're going in circles. We'll have to ed- <laughs> we'll have to edge the other guy out, and then we could switch off every month. <laughs> Uh, I want to hear the uh, the story about Evan Lee running naked in the buff. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. You I guess know. naked in the buff is kind of a uh, yeah Dub- double a, double uh, 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 redundant. redundant redundant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Oh well, uh, I don't know if I should tell all of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the FCC can't know, catch if, us, man. That's right. But if you know Evan, he's he's a pistol. So yeah, he is. And he, and Tony knows Evan. Yeah. His mama knew Evan. And oh really? Evan was like the he it was. Well, he's getting older now, but he was like the kid, wasn't he? He was yeah. like the kid, but now he's grown up. He's grown up. <laughs> yeah. He's grown up. I haven't seen him in a while, but I used to see him around yeah. a lot. Well, he played in Mudcat's band for a long time. And yeah, they started out together years yeah. ago. I used to see Mudcat on the street and play at busking and stuff. So, yeah, huh. Mudcat is, uh, he's been around. I mean, think about it. He's been around since uh, probably playing Northside Tavern for about. 13, 14 years. I think yeah. I played there with him the first night he played there. So. Right. And Bill Sheffield goes back further than that. So, huh. Well, Danny opened our eyes to the fact that there was music at Northside before they stopped before music. They stopped it. Yeah, we didn't realize they played back in like the 70s. Oh, yeah. And then it stopped for yeah. a period of time. Yeah, he used to do it. And then, he, then Danny started bringing, uh, he started seeking out the real blues artists. Yeah. So, that led him to Tony's mother, Cormay Bryant. That's right. Right. Well, that's about that's what I was just about to start getting into with Tony about. Uh, now Tony's uh, got some blues blood in him. <laughs> and that's the title. Blues of royalty, <laughs> right? That's that's the title of my CD. Blues blood. Blues by blood. Blues, blues by, by blood. blood. Yeah. You see that? I hit it on the head there. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> Pretty smart man. Yeah. So let's go back. You want to start at the beginning here? Well, it all started with my. My great grandmother, okay. which was um, Savannah Dib Weaver, and um, if you've been to Northside Tavern, she's the lady who's holding the baby, which is Curly Weaver, which is my grandfather. Okay, wow. And she taught him to play the guitar, and she also taught uh, barbecue Bob, taught a lot of local guys. So what? What years was was this then? Oh Lord, that had to been. Oh, that had to been the teens. The teens. Really? That had to been the teens. Wow. It was. This is the 1900s, though. You think? Mm-hmm. Still? Yes. Yeah. It would not prior no, to that. No, no. No. I guess. It, yeah. I guess. This it was, was probably man, 1913, 1910, wow. maybe earlier than that. But it was a long time ago, and um, my grandfather started doing a lot of recordings with uh, Blind Willie McTell and Buddy right. Moss, and um, uh, he was actually hoboy, a train from Covington, Georgia, all the way to New York. 
Who Blind Willie was? Uh, Curly Weaver. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. And that was a, and you're talking about Hobo on the Train in 1920, 1921. I mean, that had to have been something else, right? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And That's a life. Well, I drove to New York, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying all the way while I'm driving, I'm saying, how many days would it actually take someone to Hobo a Train from Newton County yeah. all the way to New York? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, things mean, ran a lot slower back then. Well, what's yeah. really interesting is it's several years later, you know, Curly Weaver is such a young uh, player, it was such a senior player at such a young age, but by the time 1933 rolled around, he was already sort of one of the veteran guys. So all the veteran guys, they all got on the train again, hoboed their way uh, uh, up to New York, Long Island, and um, and they brought what at the time were the children like buddy moss yeah. and others with them um and they did all of those recording sessions in 1933 so if it, you know music fans want to learn a lot there's there's a couple of great box sets out on atlanta blues in that huh. era and but that 1933 era was so the, they they just went up to new york just to record and, and they were actually were, were they asked by someone absolutely yeah. they were signed by uh uh, Columbia, RCA, ARC Records, and a couple others. And Blind Willie McTell, as you, many of you know, would even have a different name that he would sign so he could get multiple recording tra- contracts. <laughs> right. uh-huh. but Curly Weaver, Tony's grandfather, was regarded as more a very level-headed, one of the solid characters in, yeah. that, in that area. And so, so, so he, he was probably, highly He respected. probably spoke for everybody, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of a leader, but the blues is part of my family, and right. Um, so you had no choice. Yeah, and I appreciate the blues, and the blues is just the blues. It's something that come from a group of people. I mean, African Americans back in slavery days, blues came from them. Actually, working in the cotton fields, picking cotton, or working wherever they're working, or cutting woods, and whatever they would be doing, they would make a song about that. Right. And that would be a part of their generations, and it would be passed on to the next generation, to the next generation. And right. That's what a lot of people are failing to realize when they start to play the blues. You're not just playing music. I mean, that's part of people's roots. I mean, that's where people come from. There was a meaning behind the blues. Yeah. And a lot of people actually forgetting that they all oh, they want to play the blues. It ain't just about playing the blues. Yeah. The blues have a meaning behind it. I mean, it's have a lot of history behind it. I know it's it's hard to it's hard to educate. Well, you people. forget and you forget to think about that. You know, when you're playing this, you know, sometimes I'll go through some old records and just say, "Well, I want to play that and I want to cover that." But you know, well, one thing I've actually learned over the last ten years, I would say, it's very hard to educate the people to blues when they've been reading books about the blues. You know, it's hard to educate them because they think they know so much about the blues, but the only <laughs> thing they know about the blues is what they read out of a book. Right. Yeah. That's all they know yeah. about the blues is what they read out of a book. And I think it's it's kind of twisted, but well, maybe they'll get a, come around one day. Some, and, and I've learned a lot from Tony myself, and and um, I tell a story because a lot of times I'll hand Tony a guitar. I don't tell him what tuning it's in. Yeah. He doesn't care. And <laughs> within a few within right. a few sweeps, he's got it sounding right. He's got it sound, It's like John Lee Hooker or something. Right. And he, he's writing a song. And I think that was what I was 
I guess not missing, but it's something that I need to go back and emphasize all of my music on is that the blues doesn't even need a guitar. It can be just him stomping his foot and singing about yeah. it. And you know, it's, it's the, it's the, so it's you the can, whole, you can't separate, like what you were saying, it sounds like you can't really separate the real life stories no, from no, the music. It's, it's incorporated. And a lot of people doesn't know this. I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have been told by a lot of older people. A lot of people, they go out and they play old, like they'll play Robert Johnson songs and they'll play different songs. But from my understanding, from what I've been told, that's not cool. It's not? No. Not from my understanding because right. back in the days, I mean, you could do the research yourself. Um, it was Joe Tech. Right. Him and James Brown was doing the show together and he got up to do one of James Brown's songs and oh, James, James Brown actually up? got up and shot at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with um, Roy Dunn and um, Roy Dunn and Brownie McGee did a show together. Yeah. And Roy Dunn got up and did some of Brownie McGee's song. And my mother told me she actually had to talk to Brownie McGee because he was pissed. Yeah. Because he, wow. was, he was trying to figure out, how are you going to do my songs? Do your own song. That's and right. That's what he was scratching the issue of. Right. right. He was telling my mama, Roy Dunn need to do his own song. Why is he up there yeah. doing my I mean, it was a big deal. It was the same thing with Buddy Moss. And the history of Buddy Moss was something right. crucial because he didn't, no foolishness was going past him. Right. I mean, you weren't going to get up and sing Buddy Moore's song, period. And, <laughs> well, I, and actually, my mother was that way. If you somewhere and you sang in one of her father's songs, she's going to actually get up and take the mic from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen that well, yet. <laughs> I've seen your mother perform. You know, she's going to actually get yeah. up and take the mic from you. Well, you actually feel bad because you know the person that might have been doing that song was actually meaning it as a sincere sure, yeah. right. that was a, and a tribute, was a, but... They don't understand that they don't they're sitting it. in front of somebody who's 80, 80 years right. old and that they, <laughs> that's, right. their Came fa- up, yeah. that's their father's song. Yeah, you know? That's uh, wild because, you know, a lot of what you, you know, we always joke about the blues Nazis, you know, like the, 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 the blues artists who really feel, I guess, as though they're, you know, the modern day true blues artists. And one of their biggest things is always learn the old stuff. Exactly, exactly the way it was, yeah. you know, well, as close to it as I the way. Think, you and can. as you see where Tony's coming from, yeah. Here's the twist on that: don't learn exactly the way it was, Do unless you're just way. studying the why, right. what makes it work. Try to turn, try to do your own thing. Make it up, make but it But what your you own. want is to have that sound, right? And that feel. As long as now, Tony, cool. I'm about to speak for Tony, but I've right. heard him say this a thousand times. Yeah. You got to have a feeling in your body when he hears blues. He either knows that he's resonating to something right or it's a little off or, yeah. you know, so when you hit it right, and, and I've heard Tony listen to rock bands doing a Curly Weaver song and him just dig it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The, what he was digging was the fact that that, that 18-year-old kid was getting off on it. Well, and that even knows about it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was putting his heart and soul into it and he yeah. was trying to improvise and trying to do, right. you know, so... Now, will you, would you not cover Curly songs? Sometimes I do. Because the reason I say that, that's my grandfather. When right, he, well, uh, I guess he, you're related. I guess you're entitled. He, <laughs> to, he's he, not going to step up and rap you <laughs> on the head at this I, point, I, right? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever record any. I think I recorded one of his songs. Well, but you won't do the songs if you... But like no, if, Tony, if Tony doesn't feel like that he can do that song either, 
the right way or in his own way that right. it really Honestly, reaches yeah. there's no reason, there's no need to if he it. can't ring true with that song then he won't do it no right. because actually he already when he recorded that song he was singing about a part of his life see that's what uh, a lot of the musicians don't understand when they go to play in the blues and sing in the blues you're singing a song that was made in 1920 it's a big difference between 1920 and now. Yeah. That guy was going through some stuff you would never uh-huh. imagine of him going through. And for you to get up and do his songs now, I mean, it's... Right. Get do your own songs. Right. Make right. your own music. You can right. Make, you can make your own blues yeah. tune without yeah, doing another man's song that yeah. was recorded in the oh, 20s. Interesting. Now, but, but keep in mind, it's just complica- complicated because we go do shows all the time where I sit up there before Tony comes up and I do all of these songs that he's talking about. But right. what I'm doing is I'm not trying to showboat myself. What I'm trying to do is educate people more on the song. And the difference is when you hear me do those songs, you hear me call out whose song that was. Right. Or that was a Buddy Moss song from the, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm trying to get Georgia fans to be more proud of, kind of be more like when I lived in Texas everybody drove around with don't mess with texas bumper stickers right and you know with uh flags with stevie ray vaughn and fabulous thunderbirds <laughs> hanging from yeah. their car well here we don't we more or less we focus on delta musicians we focus on southern rock and we focus on chicago blues and jazz and we don't necessarily focus as much so you know what you're talking about blues police what the blues police is really about is just don't forget your roots because right. if you forget your roots, you're not. What are you standing in? You've right. you've yeah. reached so far up the tree yeah. that you've got your feet out of the ground, <laughs> and and so every yeah. once in a while when we're expanding on this music, I just think we ought to come back to the blues a little yeah. bit. And, and and if you're gonna do another man's song yeah. in front of a lot of people, at least have the courtesy to say this, this is this is man's song. Exactly. Right. Don't just get up on stage and, and do just the do song it. like you just you right. like it's your song. own, right? And people leave and they actually think you made it that song yours, because yeah. you didn't tell the people, mm, right? Yeah, you know. And I think that's that's very, fair. That's yeah. very disrespectful. No, yeah, and that's I, fair. I like that when I go and, and I uh, I do that a lot myself when I'm performing. You know, blues. I I usually say whose song this is, yeah, and I'll yeah. sometimes yeah. I'll give a year if I know it. You know, recorded 1955. Yeah. And people like I, I like hearing. I like hearing. I love yeah. And you know what you're saying about. The blues police, you know, and, and just do it so it's honest and true. I mean, that's that really goes for any kind of music, yeah. you know. I mean, I've mostly been a rock and roll player, but um, and just educating yourself as well. You know, we see a lot of these younger bands sometimes, and you know, we just kind of get this sense. Or sometimes you talk to them, and they they're not aware of like how they started playing the way that they're playing you know they don't know about Led Zeppelin they well, don't know they're, about ACDC whoever they're doing a, like a pieces of a Frank Zappa song or right. something they don't even know who Frank Zappa was something, or something like, like that, that. Yeah. I mean that's an example but it goes to rock and roll or any right. other you mm-hmm. know it's your try to do yeah. your research I just, I just hate seeing you know people play one way out you know Almond Brothers style right but they, have no <laughs> they don't know it's, they have no idea it's a Sonny Boy yeah. Williamson oh, song you know? I mean that's yeah, that's, that's very, what drives me but yeah. you know if you don't know you don't know you yeah. know you, I mean, you can't know, blame you them know. either no, you, no really no it, I it's to, nice when people dig deeper but you can't expect them to you yeah. gotta figure a lot of times when people come up to the stage or something you, you guys know this but you have to read through is what they're saying out of kindness and love and what and you have to look through that and say what is that they're trying to say because they're not going to be able to come up and 
quote you and and all the who who wrote what in 1912 right. and uh, yeah. you know the if, if I play a song I don't care if they thought it was an Almond Brothers song it just made another chance to connect you know yeah but yeah. like you were saying if even though if a guy's singing a guy song he made that song in 1912 the guy today who's singing that song he don't have a clue right about what this guy's singing about right. He don't yeah. have a clue. He never lived he, that life. He never lived that life. He don't have a clue about what that guy's singing right. about. The guy could use a lyric that he's like, what do we mean by that? Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother yeah, thing. I mean, I think people sing, I think there's a lot of people who sing songs who don't think about lyrics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are, though. There's, And, you know, I actually saw, um, I don't know if I saw an interview with Frank Sinatra or I heard about people talking about Frank. I can't really oh, yeah. remember what, oh, but it was yeah, something on yeah. Frank Sinatra, and he was really really big on like talking to the artist and saying like what is what does this mean what does this part mean where's where this coming from huh. so he could more honestly sing it and record it yep. um so he really understood and he what, caught a lot of flack because he would take like gershwin tunes and throw throw cool little hipster kind of <laughs> uh lines in there and and he would get really raked yeah the coals for yeah it, so, what he, but he yeah, really so, but he really did try to you know, that might have been what happened. If he started becoming more aware, of, uh, but yeah, of exactly, that. yeah. That's the same so. with with us in blues. We just become more aware, and that's the thing that I always say is, and I'm still learning about this stuff. And I think I'll, you know, as long as it's interesting, I'll, right. I'll continue. But the difference between me and Tony is that I heard blues as an early at an early age, and I can speak with this language of the music pretty good. But Tony was born into this stuff, and yeah. I just think that there's we have to just kind of recognize the little right. differences there. Yeah, where, where were you born, Tony? I was born in Newton County, Newton which County, is, um, which is Covington, Georgia. Covington, okay, which is that's uh, about west, east, east. About that's thirty-two right. miles. That's like that's like out your way, right? Yep, Conyers yep. area. Side of Conyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another side of Conyers. Okay, so you were born there, and I mean, most of your family was most of my family was from was there born too. In I mean, Newton County, Oxford, yeah. yep. How about you, Doug? Uh, I was born north, a couple of hours, yeah, okay. outside of Rome in that area. Oh, okay. And Did, it, oh, sorry. So most of your family from from that yeah, area too. Yep, yeah, there, and we've got family down um, around Macon and Warner Robins, and then down in Vidalia and South Georgia. So cool. we're spread out pretty good. Cool. I had, well, I had a, actually different questions for both, but I was going <laughs> to ask Tony. Um, did you have a lot of uh, sort of the well-known blues players of the time? In and out of your house, around around your life growing up, man. I'm, sh- I'm was, sure you did. There was always someone playing instruments at my house. Someone yeah. playing the guitar. It's either a whole band or it's two guys playing the guitar. Yeah. Mostly, it would be mostly like Roy Dunn, a guy by the name of L.A. Hammonds, um, Tommy Jane Price, Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank Edwards, <laughs> and be a bunch of old guys. Chicken I mean, They sit around and they play the guitar all day, all night. Yeah, I mean they had a good time. And well, Tony used to tell me about they used to hide under the porch. We used to hide. Well, <laughs> the kid, the kids did. They saw it all. I yeah. saw it all. But oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Stuff you can't even talk about. Stuff you sure. can't even talk about. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, nah, we can't talk about it. Listen, he's, we won't well, he's t- got to save it for the book. We won't tell yeah. anybody. We'll keep it right inside this room. <laughs> We're telling them now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know, another question, too, that kind of stems off of that. When, you know, a lot of kids have, you know, the, the father or the, 
the mother or whatever who really like pushes them to doing something. Did you ever feel pushed into it, or did you just feel like it was a party? Did you ever like yeah, he probably felt like he rebel had against the blues at any point, or? Actually, this is the way it was. I was never pushed into okay. to the blues. Each and every one of us had our own choice. You either play them or you don't. Right. But my mom, she always played the blues around the house. I've always picked up the guitar and messed around with it. Right. But I've never taken it serious until about four years ago, and I started taking it serious. And really? Well, his mom's health, did she yeah, start going down? She retired, and... And um, I think all the children, from what I could, I can see, could see from the outside, were kind of searching, well, who's going to carry on this work that our mother's been doing? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I've seen your mom perform. I took off. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, was, over the years. She was a great performer. Yeah. yeah. Great. And she spoke her mind. Yes, she did. <laughs> oh, that's one thing I really She's a trip, man. She would tell <laughs> you something. Trip. Don't care if you like it or not. Yeah. You're like, well, huh, what did I do to you? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't what you did, it's what you said. Right. It would always come true. That's the problem. It would always come true. That's my cat here today. Always yeah. come true. <laughs> he'd walk up with a new girl, somebody walk up with a new girlfriend, and she'd say, oh, that ain't going to last. Yep. About a month later, and she knew, huh? Come on, she always had an easy call. I mean, only one last (laughs) out of all. Yeah, she did have. Hopefully, the math was going with her. Yeah. And from what I know, Mudcat's wife Catherine, when uh, my mom first first met Catherine, she told Mudcat, "said You can marry her." Oh yeah. Said if you marry anybody, you marry Catherine. Yeah, wow. she, she, she was right. right. I think she. I she think she was right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> They've been married ever since. So. Was there anybody that came around that you really was like, oh man, you know? Because sometimes somebody outside of your family could actually, you know, spur you more than because your family is your family, so you're not looking at them maybe the same. Well, playing way. music, you mean? Yeah, put, to play music uh, and to be kind of in that scene. Well, actually, no. I, I've always loved music. I've, yeah. I've loved country and western rock. I mean, I I love all music. Yeah. I mean, I've already always been a music guy. I mean, yeah. but I don't have a choice of music. I love all music. And, but I sing the blues, but I love all music. Right. Yeah. Music is good for your soul, man. It keeps you young. It keeps you healthy. I mean, yeah. you could express what's on your mind right. in a slick way to your wife. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she act like she don't like it. Hey, baby, I'm just singing a song. I love that song. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily keep you paying the rent, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Not for not for us, anyway. And uh, and Doug, I was going to ask you, um, where did little Little Brother come from? Um, it started from a song. Um, it used to be the band name, and okay. it sort of just sort of grew into a stage handle. Yeah. It actually works pretty good because I got tired of being called Derek and uh, what's your du- name, Dwayne, and, and everything <laughs> on the radio. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? So somebody here in town called me that one time, and I said, "Okay, that's it." And and I sort of owned it anyway because there's a song dedicated to my brother. Uh-huh. And um, and the guys in the band we're no longer together, so okay. I just felt like carrying that on. Yeah. You know? So it's sort of a dedication, right, to my cool. brother in a way. Well, okay. and you've played through the years with a lot of guys that that we know in different bands. Actually, I was looking mm-hmm. on your Facebook page, and uh, there's an old picture of you guys playing at Fat Matt's. It was you, Randy Chapman, oh, and yeah. a couple of the guys. And this was uh, if anybody's been to Fat Matt's, this was before they had the Mount Rushmore Blues mm-hmm. on the back wall. Where they have. Uh, you know, a painting of blues guys. Tell us, tell us who they are. Yeah, that was back in the eighties. You know the big four: T Bone Walker, yes, 
Muddy Waters, right. BB King, and Robert Johnson yeah. is up there. Yeah. Right? You Am I right about that? I always forget one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody forgets T Bone, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I really honestly. But there was just a window. There was just a window back there, right? Yeah, and the, they, the neighbors and the apartments back there would call the police all the time. So I think that wall. Oh, cut, okay. cut down on the sound. It used to be just a piece of glass, and the band that was playing that night would be yeah. on the sign. So. Well, that makes sense. But yeah, I pulled up, and uh, when I first moved back to town in the 80s, I was wanting to play blues, and I'd lived in Texas and South Carolina. And I'd been in a sort of, fell into a black gospel scene in uh, South Carolina. You did? And, yeah, and uh, played with a group called the Heavenly Airs, and we toured and stuff like that. And so they love blues and they play blues, but I really want to get back into blues a lot, what I wanted to play. And so I pulled up Fat Mats, and that's when uh, uh, Jeb and the Mighty Fine Slabs, so Jeb was back there cooking. So we put a band together that for that night. And yeah. Well, I started to pull out. It just didn't look good. You know, I thought, well, there's nothing going on here. But <laughs> yeah. I went ahead and went in, and, you know, then it turned in. Before you know it, uh Chappie came up, and I think he got on the phone and started calling other people. I don't think it was cell phone back then. It was. I know, don't think so. Probably think not. Was, <laughs> if it was, it was about the size of a. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you have to have yeah. a friend hold it for yeah, you. Yeah, right. And I think there was already a lot of blues going on in town, but I think what the big thing was was there was a burst of the blues, and then Stony Brooks um, came out with a little magazine, Blues Inc., and that started putting a focus on the blues scene. Oh, I, 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 I never knew that. I never heard that, yeah. Yeah, Blues Inc. Huh. And uh, that was out for years. So you're saying this is 80s? Ni- 80s and 90s. 80s, early 90s? Huh. Okay. Yeah. And I actually was playing back. I lived in, in in Athens for a while in the 80s. So Tinsley was coming up at that time. Yeah. And he was a big influence on my electric playing. I don't play exactly like Tinsley, but I'd, I'd say he was a great inspiration. Yeah. He really fired me up. I think that was actually the name of one of his albums. All fired up, wasn't yeah, it? Or yeah, fire, fire it, fire it, up. fire it up. Yeah. And he did uh, a couple of tunes on pickup tunes on that those CDs. It just blew me away. Yeah. and got me fired up. Is that the album cover that he had where you just saw the it tubes like glowing? A, yeah, yeah you're right, too. and that's a later album. And okay. the, the, one of the albums he did, he used to come to Atlanta, uh, the, the uh, uh, Georgia Theater. There's yeah. one. Called, there's an album of his called like. Burning flames, or, or I think that's like flames album. on the cover. Mm-hmm. It's an early one. That's okay, it. That's, yeah. that's the one. Well, whatever that one mm-hmm. is. But Tinsley, just he's part of the scene, and and so I just started picking up inspiration from all the guys. Um, Donnie McCormick. Oh yeah, yeah. And they'd have Eric Quincy Tate reunions. Uh-huh. That's a southern rock band, but they were very blues influenced. Right. And. Uh, but you know, we had a great blues scene right. happening there for a long time. And I used to love Jeb's band too. I only saw them once, or I, I think Mighty Fine Slabs. Mighty Fine, yeah. I never saw those guys. So yeah, I remember Mark you used guys, to have that Mark old was really set tape. Those. Yep, it mm-hmm. had been dubbed a zillion times them, yeah. of their album. That just blew me away. I, I, I used to I, I set up a gig one night, and uh, we we're at the Dark Horse Tavern. It's on the other corner from Blind Willie's there downstairs, and I invited Mighty Fine Slabs to play with us and I was just profoundly blown away yeah. after their set and that was some really original and stuff. actually that's the night that I went home and you know Randy and all of us we had sort of bands like Interstate Brickface all these different names of bands that were more or less kind of a fun type yeah. of stuff we were doing 
but uh, sort of like the Blues Brothers or something. You've got you guys had some wacky names. It I was saw wacky, that. and that's yeah. all Randy. He's a, I know he's, he's some, <laughs> a special human being. Yeah, and uh, a, a barrel of laughs at every oh, moment. I know. And but that's when I started the band Little Brother. It was it was when I saw the flabs and I saw uh, how intense they yeah. were at that time. You're like I got real do this. fresh original music. I thought you know I'm going to go out. And I'm going to do nothing but original music. So yeah, cool. That's what I did for years. Everybody said you can't do that, but I was playing four or five nights a week playing really? original playing originals. Music. Yep, well, can't and do that much anymore. That's yeah. tough. To make a living anyway. Uh, yeah, it's tough on the original music. Like uh, again, like Danny, you know, said like that the blues is kind of like the the blue collar, you know, because you can kind of be a working musician. That's true. Uh, so and you're not going to be a millionaire, but you I, can be a, right. You can make a living <laughs> with this you know, music, modest living, whatever you yeah. know. So it's a little bit easier than trying to do the original thing, where you know, as uh, somebody else put it, you're getting raped at the door every night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll quote everybody else, so they don't sound like my words. If anybody disagrees, <laughs> quote unquote. Uh, so how'd you get? What uh, first got you attracted to the blues? Um, well, uh, probably the same. St- the same thing as most people in the South and small towns, you you hear the radio stations that play blues. So if you tune through, I got a, a couple of old radios when I was a kid, and and um, got them working tube style radios, and you could pick up stations for for a long you know distance. And so I started hearing blues, and now this stuff was you know I was hearing st- stuff like Willie Dixon music and Muddy yeah. Waters and things like that. That's mostly what they play. Howlin' Wolf. Right. Um, there was a Memphis station I listened to, and they really played. So I would say the radio, but I also had two or three key people in my life when I was real young to sit down and show me all the bum 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 and right. all the main lines to mm-hmm. blues on the guitar. That's cool. And so. I think in early age, I just started hearing blues and everything that I like, whether it be southern rock band or whatever, until I got older. And then I started understanding what the difference was, and that's when I was able to really go after right. what I really so wanted research to play. Everything. You know, first time I ever saw a Library of Congress black and white film of Lightning Hopkins and Mance Lipscomb, that was the end of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what, that's I what I'm all about. That's, yeah. If I ever could be that good, that's what I want to do. Yeah, cool. You know, that type of sound, you know. That's yeah. killer. Of course, uh, Tony, he can do it. Just It just comes out of yeah. him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, he's got blues uh, in the blood. <laughs> he had a bad case of it. Well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, about time for song number two. So I guess that would lead us right into that. Now, uh, what are we going to do now? Get, get both of you playing. No telling with Tony. Ain't no telling. We're going to sing some blues. See, that's the whole thing about the blues. Yeah. If the average... Well, what I'm going I'm to have him move If closer. the average musician would just learn about the blues, he can go out and make his own songs. Yeah. You don't have to do cover songs. But you have to learn about something. It's just like an automobile. You say, well, I'm going to be a mechanic. You have to learn about being a mechanic first, right? Before you just go off to fixing cars. Right. You just can't jump into the blues no. and say, I got the blues. Yeah, I know. And a lot of people think that they can. And a lot of people I think know. they are the blues. Right. And I mean, they just, I sit back and I think it's rather <laughs> funny. I think some type of joke to some people, I think. Yeah. Well. It's the blues, though. Um, 
let's do. Do you mind just? I'm gonna pull this up. Get that chord out of the way a little better. That like that, right? Doug, does that work a little better for you? Get that chord out of the way for you.
man, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're right. It, it, I didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> you guys just kind of fell into it. Yeah. You, you've got the, uh, I, I guess you've got the tough job. He just feels it and goes with it. you got to figure it out as it goes along, right? That's the way it goes. <laughs> That's the way it is. Oh, man. Well, I, want you, I wanted you, uh, well, Doug picked up another, a, a, a different guitar. Yeah. So I was going to have you explain that one. Yeah, talk a little about oh, what you got yeah. there. Uh, this is uh, a, um, yeah, it's a 19, about a 1934 National. It's called a Trojan. Okay. And uh, so uh, I don't guess the m- name was marketed as well back then. <laughs> yeah, uh, as, you, as it is now. But it's a yeah. very safe instrument. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, no, but it's a... It's a Protect you, know, you against bad music, maybe. Bad, That's about unsafe it. music. Unsafe yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, like so you were playing slide there just, just for yeah. our, our listeners. And uh, Tony was singing. And what, what are you playing over there? That's an old K-Crab. K craft? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old is that thing, you think? I think that's what, like 50, 40s or 50s? Oh, okay. 40s, 50s. That looks like that old K guitar that Danny plays. Yep. A little bit. Awesome. It? Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of work uh, writing, uh, something on the headstock in the white. Is that writing, or I can't really make it out from where I am? Yes. Yeah, uh, his is actually a little different. It's, it's called an old craftsman. They were sold. There was the same company that made them, but they were, this was sold in a different catalog. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> same so, guitar is okay. Of course. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, still just, they still do that nowadays. And his sounds a lot better. I've, I've had probably four or five of those before myself, and his that one is really special. Something about it. Yeah. That does sound. Good. That's how they are. Mm-hmm. They're one. all their own. They look alike, but right. it sounds. They're all their own personality. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get some. I'll get some pictures of the, all these because right. they're you know, they're nice. You know, th- right. these are something that people definitely want to check out. Those are cool to to see. Well, that was some uh, nice music, man. Yeah, that Thanks. was great. Uh, that was great. I figure uh, we'll get out everything uh, we want to say to promote you guys. Um, to start with the CDs, I'll say one more time, uh, Doug. Your new CD, Atlanta Rag, is mm-hmm. well we. We gave earlier how yeah. everybody can get a hold of that. You got a, you have other recordings too, or yeah, um, actually there's a new one out. This one you can probably get around town. Um, it's called uh, Music from Bellingrath, Local Legends. Okay, and I just this is just released. I'm leaving you all a copy. Great, if y'all want to give to a few friends. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's got Donnie McCormick on it. Seventh caller, call in right now. It's gonna be a while. Isn't it? <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'll Seventh get, caller from when it's posted. Right. I'll be getting calls this weekend. Hey, you still got that? <laughs> the phone rings in an empty room. That's right. <laughs> uh, so we got that, and then um, I'll tell you if somebody wants to email us with uh, with their uh, email us at twofacesradio at gmail dot com. Yeah, um, and send an address. You yeah, know, I'll we'll leave send those. One out. Uh, I'll leave those Atlanta rags with you too. Cool, okay. and give those away. And Tony's got a, one of his CDs. He's got a. This CD, um, uh, historian George Mitchell says this is one of the best real blues CDs he's heard in 30 years. Wow. And Tony produced that, recorded himself, and uh, so. All original? All original. All original. Of course, all Except original. two songs. All but, they're, okay. but they're fam- family but they're songs. They're family songs, so. Yeah. All original songs. Cool. All right, cool. And then uh, I know you have a steady gig up in Norcross every Thursday, right? We're tr- yeah, we're trying to bring some blues on Thursdays up in uh, the Old Town Norcross, yeah. right across from the railroad tracks there at the uh, 45 South Cafe. And then, of course, we're going to be following you guys, uh, Fatback Deluxe. We'll be following you guys, uh, right. for, but we'll be there in November. November, every Sunday, every Sunday in November. Yeah. 
Um, all right, and then yeah, catch you at all the normal places. I mean, I've seen you played a zillion places around town actually. yeah we're just trying to trying to get out there we've got a few things coming in december so mm-hmm. and then uh awesome. website wise well we'll have it listed there but i noticed mm-hmm. you know your facebook page is pretty good and you, you update that pretty well where you're playing and everything yeah, yeah and then sure uh, any is that the best thing for you, you think, for people to um, probably I'll facebook be, yeah i'll be in athens on saturday at sandy creek at the north georgia folk festival oh okay so oh cool yeah, I think I saw a flyer for that or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that looks like a pretty cool. So that would be this Saturday. What would the date of that be? October 10th. Uh, October 10th. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, we'll definitely have this up before then. Um, as far as Brian and I go. Yeah, we got to do our own promotions as well. we got to do our own promo. Come see Ton well, of Honey at the Northside <laughs> Tavern. Yeah. October 17th. Saturday, October Saturday 17th. And then I'm sure you guys you guys are serious working musicians. So, uh, <laughs> But if you know how late. Things go at Northside, so That's you're right. always welcome to stop yeah, by. We'll, we'll do that. Come and on then, by. Uh, Fatback Deluxe is doing uh, Fat Mats every Sunday uh, in October. So can, can, I also have, can I also push uh, uh, East Pond Soul oh, Faction? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brian's other band. He plays in a uh, instrumental funk soul band. Right. Uh, kind of all organ-based. Um, pretty cool, fun stuff. And we're playing at uh, the Five Spot with Cadillac Jones. Who right. we'll be having on the podcast next, next week. On the podcast yeah. next week. On Saturday, October 23rd. Should be a Saturday. No, that's uh, Friday. Friday, October 23rd. You sure it's the 23rd? You sure it's not the It's 23rd? the 23rd, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm better with the numbers than... I, I could look it up right in the phone. No, right no I know the 23rd but, uh, is Yeah, a it's the 23rd, okay. yeah. No, you're right. It is a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> let's get this, all, let's get right. this straight. Make Friday, sure the October band 10th. and the right. fans show up on the same night. Right. right. That's always that's always important. And right. then we'll be out Friday night up on the rooftop out at uh, Stats if anybody wants to come yeah, hang let's out. Let's not plug that. <laughs> it could be fun, though. <laughs> it could be fun. Um, so anyway, this has been Episode 15, Two Faces Radio. We appreciate you listening. Thank you guys once again for coming in and doing it. That was some good music today. And educating. I, I like I the education myself. as well. That so for uh, Brian McClenning over there and... Wow. My name is Ira Malkin, and this is called Two Faces Radio, and what we always like to say is, save it for the show. show.